Hi, Leslie. Hi, Steph. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, It's been a good Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I feel like things are kind of getting back to... Is normal the right word? Maybe the maybe we're able to get back to working on things that are near and dear to our hearts as nurses. Absolutely. And we're coming up on Nurses Week, which is great. I'm so excited. Nurses rock. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And we have uh, two great interviews that we did this this past month. Yep. Uh, One is with Peg Gagne and Rory House. Right. And then we also talk with our magnet program coordinator or manager, Travis B.B. Woodard. Yep. We're big fans. (laughs) (laughs) Big, huge fans. With Peg and Rory, we talk about the professional practice model. So the professional practice model is being rolled out to nursing. Yep. Which looks and sounds very exciting and such a great opportunity for our, our nurses here. We talked to Travis about Magnet, and I think we both came out of that talk about like understanding it better and what it means to the hospital. And Yeah, uh, I had no idea, and I learned in the middle of that that it was specific to nursing, which I had no idea. I thought it was a hospital-wide status that elevated all providers, which it does in its intention, but really it's about nursing, which I made me that much more interested in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it really is just a tool to show that what great work we're doing and we are really doing great work here. So I want to just a shout out to all the nurses out there. Absolutely. Uh, um, all the support staff that the UIs all have a great nurses week because we are. We have such a good community. I mean, we're, we're an amazing community together, especially. Exactly. Happy nurses week. Happy nurses week and take care. Be well. So welcome, both of you. Uh, Rory, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, where you work and what your role is and and go from there. Yeah. So as you said, my name is Rory. I work on Miller 6, which is currently orthopedics and neurology and CF patients. I've worked on Miller 6 since it was Baird 3, and back then we were urology and orthopedics. I've been at the medical center, I think it's four years in, in September. Um, So shortly after I joined the medical center, I applied to be on the nursing practice council. It's a global MPG council. And so I've done that for this. I'm in my third year for being on that council. Oh, great. Oh, that's amazing. And then we have Peg with us too. Peg, just introduce yourself. Nobody knows who you are. (laughs) Everybody. I'm so pleased to be joining you again for one of these podcasts and to talk about the professional practice model is particularly exciting. So Mm -hmm. I am your chief nursing officer as of January 11th of this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we'll get started. Uh, So tell us, either one of you, uh, what is the professional practice model and, and how did it come about? Well, I can begin with that. I think a professional practice model is sort of a foundational piece that brings together all of the values and principles that support our work as a nursing profession and makes it visible and tangible as we think about practice across all settings. So it's those core principles, those core values, those kind of a vision statement as part of it as well 
that tie us together as a nursing profession. And so whether you're a nurse educator or a nurse leader or a nurse at the bedside, it gives us that common language and universal set of principles that help us bring the nursing voice to everything that we do. Peg, is, is the PPM specific to UVMMC or is it something that's more global than that? Well, I know we had patient and family advisors as yep. part of this, and mm -hmm. it is UVMMC specific. I believe yep. there was a, a point in time, and Rory, I don't know if you were involved in this, where there were some network meetings and sharing of the various different professional practice models. I know CVPH has one as well, mm -hmm. kind of across the network to be sure that we were aligned and you know, there are tenants of this that go across the network, but this is, is UVMMC. And this, I think, uh, came from the Nursing Practice Council, is that right? Is that That's that correct. started? Okay, great. And and how, so how long has this process been in place? Where you started it? My understanding is that the Practice Council had actually taken up the work some time ago and it was set aside prior to me joining the council. And then we picked up the work again in earnest in August of 2019. And we have spent the bulk of our time on that for the last, I guess, over a year now. A couple in the road with the pandemic and the cyber attack and things getting set aside while meetings were on hold. But we picked the work back up in earnest at the end of last year, and we're really excited to be able to release the practice model in January. And tell us again, who was a part of all of, of the creation of this? Like, who, who were the members? Yep. Yeah, so the um, practice council are uh, both inpatient and outpatient nurses. We have a care coordinator, nurse specialists, uh, nurse leaders, and we do have two patient and family advisors who are really instrumental in this work. Oh, yeah, great. they're great. I'm a big fan of family advisors, patient and family advisors. They're unbelievably great resources. <laughs> I agree. And they have a really unique perspective on our work. Yeah, they see us is. in a different light, there, you know, so it's been really yeah. helpful. And they volunteer their time, which yeah. a lot of time is a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> which is very awesome. much so. So can you give us an example of where this practice model would would be efficacious for us as as nurses like where where would we where would we be able to utilize this in a real world situation yeah so i actually have a couple of situations i have an example sort of of a task that i do pretty much every shift as an orthopedic nurse and then of a situation i encountered not that long ago where i really felt like you could see the professional practice model in action for me i think it's really it's it's important i see that it elevates our work beyond just the tasks that we do and acknowledges everything that we bring to our work as nurses that I don't think we always recognize in ourselves because we're so used to doing it. We don't always think about why we're doing what we're doing and all the pieces and parts that go into that work. Right, and that's great. We don't often get to show how hard we're working in tangible ways, right? Like we do exactly. it, but it's not as easy to translate that so to, to other people and say, yeah. this is how hard we're working. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So why don't we talk about kind of what the core values of the practice model are? So I'll talk a little bit about the practice model as a whole, kind of give people an idea of what the visual is. So we have, so the practice model uh, consists of four rings and each of those rings at the top lift, list our core practice values. And then along the bottom, you'll find our desired cultural traits. At the center of those rings are our guiding principles. And then sort of throughout the whole model, it's um, represented as an arrow is our nursing vision. So the core practice values 
are innovation and collaboration, integrity and respect, nurturing and supportive, and accountability. And then each of those values, those categories, has about four cultural traits that uh, are correspond to it. I, I have an example. So for me, as an orthopedic nurse, ambulation is really important, right? We try to get our patients up day of surgery because we know that that leads to the best outcomes for our, our patient. So as I was sitting back and reflecting on this task and seeing how the practice model relates to this work, I came with came up with so an innovation and collaboration. So I, I get my patient up on the day of surgery because I know that it's best practice, that's evidence-based, and I know that it will lead to the best outcome for my patient. And integrity and respect. So I, um, when planning this work with my patient, I, I respect and recognize that not every patient wants to get up and ambulate the day of surgery, particularly, <laughs> particularly tra trauma patients. You know, their life yeah. has been changed in an instant. You know, it may be an older patient who went out to walk their dog and now finds that their next month right. looks entirely, entirely different, right? So I provide education and help the patient come to a collaboratively come to a decision that the best in their best interest will be getting out of bed and walking. I'm compassionate and recognizing that that's something that they might want, not want to do, but I also feel that I'm empowering the patient to take become an active partner in their care by giving them that education and letting them make the choice to partner with me in care that will lead to a best outcome for them. And then in accountability, uh, again, it's evidence-based care. It's the highest quality care. I'm providing safe care and that I'm checking a patient's vital signs before I do it. I'm monitoring how they respond to that ambulation. I'm checking their color. I'm checking their vital signs again. So in that sort of what seems sometimes to be a mundane task as, as a nurse, I think it really incorporates all of the values from the professional practice model. It's just not necessarily the way we think about that every day. And it's vitally important. And I have to say that I could feel, honestly, feel your passion in that statement like I really felt I felt you and that yeah. that was a, while I know what you mean by it sounding like a mundane task it's vitally important and that yeah. was beautiful example thank you yeah, no, that's I, I think I love that example too and I think you know there's so much beneath the surface that's hard to describe you know you think about mm -hmm. those dinner time conversations when you're you know talking about what you did today and mm. The actual the difference between the task and then all of the critical thinking and tailoring that care plan to a particular individual it, it kind of gets lost without mm -hmm. the language that's built into the, the professional practice model so. I think we'll probably uh, when we publish this attach the practice model visual because that visual that was created is uh, amazing and I know put it, there's a lot of work and discussion about how that was going to look and so we'll attach that to this uh, when we send out the podcast because right. I think it's important for people that because when you can you can really see how it, it all um, is incorporated into each other right, um, right. and I love that the, that example because you're taking kind of the the tasks every day, but you can also evolve it into like a broader vision. So of mm -hmm. like greater tasks for the organization. So it's like you can go minute and then broad, uh, broad yep. which yep. I think is really exciting. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I personally love that the practice model really unifies nursing across our organization because 
you know, I think many nurses are drawn to the medical center because we have the ability to practice in highly specialized areas, whether it be in direct or indirect patient care. And sometimes our daily work looks very different, but I think the, the practice model kind of gives us language to talk about nursing as a whole throughout the organization. Absolutely. No, that's a that's such a good point because I always I sometimes feel like in a positive way that we're all sort of running our own little little part of the business of the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Like so we each have this like specialty that we are we are managing, help managing for the hospital and I agree. I think sometimes I don't ever leave Shep for um, for day, for day, weeks, and then I'm like, oh, right, there's so many other people out there, and um, you're right, it gives a common language that makes us all realize why we're here together and supporting each other, yeah. And helps us to elevate nursing practice, you know, so we get a consistent language to talk about it, mm -hmm. and then in those forums that we talk, talk about it, it's going to start to become more consistent, and people will, right. I think, start to have a better understanding of what professional practice of nursing contributes to the organization. Right. I always feel like, again, and we sort of touched on this, that we're, nurses are such powerful forces in healthcare, and to have a scaffolding for our practice that translates across the board only elevates us and allows us, you know, to sort of support each other in, a, in an even more just powerful way throughout the organization, right? Like it's saying, we are here, you know, we are here, we're professional, we have professional practice and and we're serious about it. So I really like the term transformational leadership. Uh, mm. Can you talk to us about how this model brings that in, uh, what that is, what transformational leadership is, um, is and what it looks like at this organization? Transformational leaders are really, those who indicate where we're trying to get to. So what are those outcomes? And then they work as facilitators to grow the ability of frontline staff, give them the tools that they need, kind of align the goals with where the organization wants to go. And again, put the tools in terms of making the changes or making the rec recommendations in the hands of the frontline staff. You know, when I look at the professional practice model as a way of, you know, incorporating those, that idea of transformational leadership, you know, when you look at all of those traits um, that are part of the model, it's really about putting those tools in the hands of the professionals at, at you know, in every practice setting to make the decisions. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and Roy, did you have anything else you wanted to add about kind of transformation leadership? Yeah, sure. So I, I agree with everything that Peg said. And as, you know, as a bedside nurse, I too, I see uh, nurses at UVM had a, have a vision for patient care. We want to provide the most excellent patient care that we can. And the practice model, which also was created by nurses for nurses, is a way that we can achieve that vision. And so in that way, we're all transformational leaders and that we've laid out how we're going to achieve this vision. Yeah, right. I love that point because I truly believe that any one person in, in our hospital can be a transformational leader. And mm -hmm. I feel like, I do feel like, as Steph said, that this hospital does a really good job of 
giving us the chance if we want it, um, mm -hmm. if we take it to yep. um, make an impact either small or huge regularly. I always feel like I can take the reins if I want to in something. Yeah. Right. Would um, agree. Yeah. And just looking at, you know, the examples of, you know, the unit based councils, um, the MPG uh, as a whole um, are all exam great examples of yep. that kind of leadership. Yep. We have tried to build that in structurally and I think now we just need to support the system. Right. Clinical practice changes that are needed are out there. And I love how it's also um, you've included the equity, diversity and inclusion oh, yeah. in the practice model, how important that is. You know, it, it's amazing. Well, just a little bit of language that we put out there around EDI really is a magnet for pulling people in and saying and broadcasting what we're about. Right. right? Like and I think that's really important. Wow. Yeah. So any other information about the, the professional practice model that you want to share with us? Share today? with the listeners. Sure. So if I would say that just a little bit in terms of what our plan is for sharing it, too, in case someone's listening to the podcast and hasn't heard about it yet. So the practice model was shared. Uh, we're sort of sharing the information through the MPG structure. So it was rolled out at the coordinating council in January mm -hmm. and then February, the global and service line councils learned about it. And then in March and April, the service line council members were going to bring that information back to their unit based councils. So if you haven't heard about it yet, you should hopefully be hearing about it soon. Um, we're hoping to make an appearance during Nurses Week in some capacity. And also, if you're interested in learning more, you can go on the intranet in the nurses into the nurses hub and there's information on the professional practice model there as well. Yeah, oh, great. I was just going to say, you know, we really want people to take the time to take a look at this. This is what nursing is all about here at UVMMC. So take the time now to take a look at it, learn a little bit more about it, think about how it impacts you in your practice setting and how you can use this to add the professional practice, you know, the professional nursing voice to everything that you do. If I could just echo what Peg said, I also I was sharing this information with a, a colleague the other day. And after we shared the information and talked about it, my colleague said, OK, now what do you want me to do with this? Because I think as nurses, oftentimes we're used to having a task associated with something, whether it's a mandatory <laughs> off on something. Right. In this case. Really what we want folks to do is take the time to reflect on it and see how you might be reflecting these values in your practice. And I would also like to say, if you don't see that initially, it's it's okay. I think it take, it's asking us to think about our practice in a different way. And I've been you know involved in this work for over a year now. And, and even in, in preparing to come on the show today, I took some time to think about my personal practice and how I reflect these values. So I think it's going to be, it's a marathon, not a sprint in terms of reaching and understanding and effectively integrating this into our practice. Um, I also enjoyed the slide deck that you guys created. I saw, I think the example of it, and I think, are that, is that something that's going to be shared with the, each group or each, um, that people can kind of look at it it has a great examples of what each core value is and how it how it can be applied to practices like is that going to be available for people because i thought it was super helpful yeah so the slide deck is a tool that we use after we present information and uh, most practice council members will be rounding on their colleagues using the slide deck uh, magnet champions will also be rounding on units using the slide deck to start to start conversations to really get folks reflecting 
and Stephanie and Leslie, if you're willing to, I'd love to ask you some of the questions that are on the slide deck. Ooh, Please okay. do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll just start. Okay. So I'll leave. You can decide which ones you want to answer. So how are you innovative and collaborative in your professional practice of nursing? And that's a great question. This floor is well, I would say, first of all, um, I think this podcast is innovative and collaborative. <laughs> I, know, I was like, is that an easy one? I know. So I, I do feel like this is collaborative and it also gets education and things, especially during COVID. I think that in-person meetings have been tricky and getting disseminating information has been tricky. And so we feel really proud of the access and the listenership that we've cultivated and grown over the past year with this. Yeah. But specifically on the floor this is this is probably the most collaborative floor that i've worked on in the sense that we have the ability to do it because if i start a patient we we all are aware enough of our patients and our patient flow that if i start a patient there is zero problem with Steph stepping in to work the middle part and then a third nurse coming in to finish the end of it and we we are able and communicative enough and it's a small enough unit that that piece of things works really well. And I we uh, often have new medications coming in and oh, each yeah. of us will take a medication and teach the other uh, nurses on the floor what what mm. the side effects are, what's going to happen. And like I think probably four or five of us have each yep. done that process yep. um, so that everybody is educated on the new medication. So, so and yeah. then generally that person will take ownership of the first infusion of that medication as well so that you can say, okay, I've educated the staff. I'm the most educated at this point on it. I'm going to take the first patient to infuse this medication and look out for these share side effects. It. And then we share our experience of that first infusion. Yeah, that's a great yeah. example. I think that's a great example. And it's definitely innovative and collaborative. And when you were talking, I also heard elements of nurturing and supportive and probably accountability in that as well. Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank yeah. you. Are you one more? Are you game yeah. for one? Okay. <laughs> what is one example of you demonstrating a nurturing and supportive professional practice of nurturing? Oh, well, uh, one example I will say is uh, that's easy is that we are often taking students every like from VTC and showing them and teaching them what uh, about our floor, why we enjoy nursing. Um, I'm always telling students, I was like, you chose the best profession because you can do anything with nursing. You know, you can you can be in oncology, you can be outpatient, you can be, in, you know, there's so much um, diversity. You can be an educator. I think people think nursing is this one-stop shop and it is so much more than that. I and mean, so look, all three of us, all four of us, I'm looking at Steph and I as one person for some reason, have completely different professions in nursing. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just exciting. And so um, yeah. that's just one example of kind of how yep. we're, you know, sharing our... The other uh, thing we're doing is one, we're really sistering, we're partnering and sistering with the outpatient heme ontology oncology clinic, and we're working really hard to offload leukemic supportive care with blood transfusions and, and that sort of thing so that they can focus on chemotherapies. We're working very hard to nurture that really sick cancer population together, right? Mm -hmm. So we are that is a busy cancer clinic. We have the room to absorb and we love taking care of those patients. So we are literally sistering with them to help support those patients together. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> we could talk forever. Yeah, so. about how much we love what we do. 
you can hear that that comes across loud. Yes. Um, yeah. So cool. So I and I want to just recognize the MPG uh, Nursing Practice Council for shouldering on through starts and stops to really put together such a great product in terms of uh, the practice model and now working through a pretty comprehensive rollout and implementation yep. on this. So kudos, Rory, to you and your Yeah, I agree, Rory. I think that's amazing. It yeah. makes me really, I mean, I've always been proud of nursing, but the more we establish sort of this really professional, again, scaffolding within our profession, I really feel proud. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. You guys did great work. Yeah. So did yeah, a good and job. we appreciate it. As we nurses. do. We yeah. really do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think the excellence that we have in nursing, which we have had for, you know, a long, long time, this just makes it easier to talk about it. Right. right. And right. easier to bring it forward and, you know, gives us some consistent language. So yeah. I think it's it's wonderful work. Well, well thank you guys so much. Thank you for so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll let you know when this is going to be out there. You'll and we will edit appropriately. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> yeah, we don't have like off the record, on the record. So exactly. It's all on the record. You guys, raise your hands. That's great. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Rory. Rory. Thanks. 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 Bye, guys. Well, welcome, Travis. Welcome, Travis. Absolutely. Can Thanks you for having me. can you introduce yourself to the one to two people out there that might not know who you are? Yeah, <laughs> to, our, to the one to two <laughs> listeners. Definitely. My name is Travis B.B. Woodard, and I am your Magnet Program Manager. You're also, for those of you who don't know, he's also our producer and helps us stay organized with the podcast and helps us brainstorm ideas around what to talk about and who to talk to next. So that's great. I know. I feel like it's like a, so we are sponsored by. Yeah. <laughs> we might have a little bit of a conflict because we're sponsored by Travis E.V. Woodard. <laughs> he helps. Yeah. Okay. So you're a magnet coordinator. And can you tell us what that means? What that, what your job role is? The work that I do is, is kind of twofold. One is to make sure that we have the systems in place to be able to maintain a practice of nursing that is in alignment with the evidence-based standards from the ANCC magnet program. Um, so that looks at things like our nursing professional governance structure and our clinical ladder and our communications throughout the Department of Nursing and whether or not we have folks who are engaged at every level of nursing in the decisions that, that impact their work. So from the systems perspective, I help to ensure that the structures that we have are aligned with the standards of the magnet program. There is a project piece of magnet also, which is the drafting of our evidence. So to get to magnet designation, you have to submit a pretty lengthy document, about 95 different examples from our nursing practice that spells out exactly how we meet each standard. 
And so that's the other body of my work is we have a team of writers. It's about 10 folks. Uh, we have nurses from across the organization that are engaged in that work. And um, I'm working with the leadership team to identify the specific examples that are um, the best demonstration we have of our practice meeting the standards and then working with the writing team to capture that that work um, to be able to present it to the magnet program office and the magnet appraisers that will uh, that will review our, our application for accreditation. So we think about magnet and I think we all have different ideas of what that means. Uh, what does that mean for us and for people out there that don't really understand what magnet really is? Like how would you kind of tell, like what does it look like at UVMMC that we're a magnet, if we were to become a magnet hospital? Definitely. I would say when we become a magnet hospital because we yeah. are definitely <laughs> moving down that road. So what what is magnet? So magnet is a hospital level accreditation. So much like we encourage all of our nurses to become specially certified, that's a process that we walk through to to validate that we have a body of knowledge that we bring to the specialties that we practice in. So magnet is that same level of validation just at the organizational level. Mm -hmm. And this really spells out an ob objective measure of nursing excellence. So if you think about magnet, it's, a, it's an accreditation for nursing excellence of our organization. So both inpatient and outpatient across every practice specialty. The magnet model has five components in it. It's structured around the ideas of transformational leadership, exemplary professional practice, um, structural empowerment, and new knowledge and innovation. Through all of those four components are threaded empirical outcomes. And so that's to say that we have objective measures that show the impact of the work that we do. So what does that mean for the bedside nurse? So when we become a magnet organization, what does that mean? Well, it means that we have systems in place to engage nurses at every level of the organization in the decisions that impact the work that we all do. It means that we as a team are engaged in continuous improvement of our practice that we can objectively show through outcome measures. It means that we have systems in place to develop our nurses throughout your career, regardless of where you are in the organization. Um, and so our commitment to lifelong learning and professional development, uh, development, both internal and external, are representations of, of our work towards designation. It means that we foster at every level the idea that each and every one of us are leaders. And what I think is important about that is that there's a very different, there's a very big difference in an organization where our leadership team is seen as the leaders, those that move us forward. Relatively speaking, that's a small group of folks compared to the right. whole lot of, of nurses. And, and what I think about transformational leadership is it really is engaging the minds of every nurse in our organization to think about how we can do better. And then opening up the door to say, all right, let's do better. That, I find that really fascinating because I think that traditionally in leadership, we've had this sort of patriarchal idea of the leaders are going to tell us what to do and we're going to follow that direction and, the, and execute the direction that has been passed down to us, right? Whether we buy into it or not, we are being told we need to do this, right? So, and that doesn't always give you the best outcome because I may, not, I may feel like I need to do what you're telling me to do, 
and I know that I need to do it, but I may not believe it's the right thing to do, but I do it anyway, right? Like right. that's the kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Also, you, I find, I have found for myself in the past with that sort of patriarchal leadership that I am less likely to come come with a solution in mind. So I may not like what's happening, but because I feel as though I need to take my direction from above, that therefore my opinion isn't valid. And I really love the idea that we all come from a perspective and have a past, present, and future that is that within nursing that will bring that brings something to the table that can be transformative. That is really empowering. And I love I love that idea. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I- I love it too. And I think about the power that exists in the 2,500 plus nurses that we have here to, I mean, the sky is really the limit. If we think about the the intelligence and energy mm. and motivation and dedication to, to our profession that exists in this massive group of folks, my gosh, we could move mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I've heard looking at hospitals that are magnet, like nurses are attracted to that. Doctors are attracted to that. Patients are attracted to that. And we know, I think as a group, like we're doing good things here. So it's nice to have something where that is recognized among not just us here, but everywhere. So I see that as a... um, It gives us street cred up here in Vermont, right? Like (laughs) It does, definitely. And the way that I think about this is you're very right that, that folks are becoming aware of what it takes to be a magnet organization, what it what it feels like to work within a magnet organization, and they're seeking that out. If we remember that the ANCC magnet program came out of research that was started in the nursing shortage of the late 70s, and what the ANCC did is they looked at these organizations that didn't have a shortage, and they said, what is it about these organizations that cause nurses to want to work here? So at the end of the day, the magnet structure is really all designed to create a practice environment and a, a, a nursing structure that supports an environment that nurses want to work in, that nurses are drawn right. to. Right. So that spreads a little bit past nursing, right? So we definitely know that there are physicians out there that look to work in magnet organizations. There's residents that look to train in magnet organizations. I think that comes back to the culture that comes along with the, the implementation of the magnet structure. Right. Really, in, in coming back to that, everyone is valued. Everybody brings forward really key information to help us do this work better. Um, to help us improve and be the best that we possibly can be. Yeah. So when you talk about these 95 criteria, uh, objective evidence-based criteria within our hospital of nursing excellence, do you have, can you give examples of that? I mean, it sounds to me like it's a lot of data driven, but is there, are there specific, are, what is it? Cause that's fascinating yes. to me. Definitely. <laughs> that there's definitely. 95 of them. So <laughs> It's true. And and I, you know, there's a I say 94, 95. There's a couple of sources of evidence. That's what Magnet calls their standards that allow you to answer in a couple different ways. So you could, you know, provide three examples that demonstrate parts of the SOE or you could provide one example that shows everything in some places. So one type of, of source of evidence really looks at the empirical outcomes. So those are are the real data-driven pieces. And one of those examples might be, um, show us an example where your team has worked to reduce violence on against nurses. 
in some yeah. fashion. And yep. so what we have to do with that is we have to A, find an example of, of where we've done work to reduce physical violence against nurses. Um, the, what works for right now is the launch of our behavioral health response team oh, yeah. on yeah. Baird 3 and Baird 4. And so with the empirical outcome measures, what we have to be able to do is to point to data that says that we had a problem or we, we looked at some data, we recognized the opportunity to improve and right. we implemented this work and then it, that improved. And so we do track total assaults on nurses and we are able to see over time the impact that that work has had. And so that's one example of, oh, of really a standard. Yeah. Um, another example of a standard is, is where we just have to show that we've done something. And so a great example of this is one of the transformational leadership SOEs looks at ways that we have, have engaged to support our mission. And so in that work, what we have to do is we have to find some, some work within nursing that looks at how we contribute to achieving our mission as an organization. One of the things we're looking at there is the work that our the interprofessional team did that supported Birchwood um, yeah, during yeah, yeah. the early days of COVID. We think that that is, is a pretty great example of the way that we support our community in, in a time of need. And so for that, what we have to do is we just have to show that we've done something, which we have, and and then we have to prove that what we said happened actually happened. So right. yeah. we do that through meeting minutes and some sort of documentation that captures, you know, yes, this was an interprofessional team. Yes, they did actually work at, at Birchwood taking care of palliative care patients. So it just kind of solidifies or demonstrates to, to the appraiser team that what we've what we say we've practice done, we, we've we done. We practice what we preach, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, vaccinating the community, being the nursing that vaccinates yeah. the community at the at the fairgrounds too is a really great disciplinary, interdisciplinary example of that too. Yeah, It yeah. does, definitely. And I think that, so there's a part of our document that we have to speak to the way our nurses support public health initiatives. And and the vaccine clinic has definitely come to the top of that list. Yeah. Um, it's If it's not that SOE ex exactly, we'll find a way to get it in there. But I do agree that that is some one really exceptional example of the way yep. that our nurses engage. So what do you say to nurses that, that say, I don't feel like we're at that level yet? Well, I don't doubt that there's some folks that, that are a little skeptical. We have had, I think, you know, some trying times here at the medical center for a lot of different reasons. What I can say is that from a patient outcome perspective, we are, we are, very, very close to reaching the standard that Magna asks us to. And so when we look at that that kind of objective measure, what we look at is select nursing sensitive indicators, falls with injury, pressure injury stage two and above, and then we get to select two others from the inpatient setting. And then we have the opportunity to select two indicators from our ambulatory setting. We're looking at door to balloon time and um, access related bloodstream infections from our dialysis clinics. What Magna asks is that half of the time, in at least half of those units, we outperform our colleagues. And so that's to say we're, we're better than average over half of a time period in at least half of our organization. I'll, I will admit we get to that level of detail and that's what I look at. I don't expect anybody else to <laughs> be able to evaluate that level. But that's, those what, are your dreams. Yeah, right? that's, yeah, those are your dreams. You're like, ooh. True. ooh I can't wait to go look Minute, at the minutes between door to balloon time and, blood, and full blood flow. 
Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So when we look at that kind of objective measure, right, patient outcomes, our door to balloon times are phenomenal. They have been for, for a, a very long time, actually. Very stable. Our access-related bloodstream infection performance in our dialysis clinics, exceptional. They've done That team has done really great work to improve that outcome and to, to maintain that outcome. That place um, is squeaky clean, for sure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, on the inpatient side, so we, we are meeting the standard in terms of, of pressure injuries. We are, are getting there in terms of falls. These, these indicators are a little bit labile, though, and they have a lot yeah. to do with yeah. our census. Mm-hmm. which has been been labile this past year. That's had an impact. Um, and we'll continue to work to improve. You know, the thing about Magnet is that this isn't a static, a static destination. This is a constantly evolving, innovative, renovating our practice right. process that yeah, we will continue like, to go through. Yeah, you're not like, okay, we met the standard. Hit submit, quick. <laughs> 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 exactly. 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 Well, point of view, I would say we really stepped up this year with our approach to COVID with our, I was just reading an article about organizational resilience and how an organization like creates that resilience in their nursing staff. And like all of the examples are things that were implemented here. And then you look at, (laughs) and you look at the cyber attack, which we really kind of pushed the boundaries of our of how we work together, how we have to do problem solving. How do things like that play into? So a year that is unlike any other. Like, are you bringing those examples to Magnet to really push that forward? Because I do feel like these are unusual circumstances Ex- for it's sure. Extra credit. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> we really stepped up to those. And how do you compare to a year like this? That's a great question. The way that I think about this is we will definitely include all of the exceptional work that's that's been done across the past year in in our process to to reach designation. I think a little bit about the the past year has required us to be nimble. And the way that we're nimble is that we engage everybody at the table in how do we do what's in front of us, right? We saw that with COVID when we turned our organization on a dime. And that took all hands on deck, mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. We're gonna continue to, I think the cyber attack is another prime example of that also, where we really said, okay, we, it's time to pull together and figure out how we, how we totally change the way that we practice. Because this really big tool that is the center of our practice really wasn't there. Um, so how do we incorporate this in our in our magnet process or magnet designation work? Well, some of the work that we've done this year is are, is going to end up in our document. As I said, you know, 94, 95 different examples of our practice. But those are only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to designation. So the process to getting to to being a magnet organization is that we will submit our document um, the appraiser team will have a chance to review that they'll look at all of our data they'll make sure that we meet the objective standards and then they're going to come join us on on site fingers crossed that by the time we get to site visit that they can actually come visit us um, because i think that's a much different experience but they'll they'll come join us whether it's virtually or on site and what they're looking to do there is to um, verify amplify what we've put in our document. So that's really to say, okay, so you showed us one example where you did this, but is this really part of your organization? Is this part of the way that you nurse? 
and you just showed us one great example. Um, and so that's where I think, you know, in the beautiful part about site visit is that we lose the requirement to, to fit within the box that's created by the requirements for each standard. And so a lot of this work around the cyber attack specifically, it, our documentation changed, right? So we had a lot of huddles that we didn't take meetings minutes from. We didn't sign in. We, we came together and we did the work that was in front of us. The challenge when we try to include that work in our document is, well, we don't have the evidence to, to prove that we did what we said we did. But when appraisers are here, that's what they want to hear about. They want to hear about all the different ways that we live these values that maybe we haven't had the opportunity because of the current circumstances to capture in the way that we normally would. And right. so we, that's really where our... That's where house, we shine, right? Exactly. That's where we shine. Yeah. 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 And that's where our version of nursing yeah. comes from. And, right. And I th Exactly. And I think this is real. I, I have to say that I did not realize until we were getting ready to interview you that Magnet was nursing specific. And maybe I'm the only person of our listeners and, and that <laughs> didn't realize that, but th that's a big deal that this hospital, in my mind, that this hospital wants to accredit us or wants us to gain this status based on our nursing staff. Like, is there anything else really like that? Kind of not. Like, mm -hmm. that, it's, it's saying our nursing is that important and we want to invest in sh making nursing shine to a point of national recognition. And I, that, I feel like that's a big deal. And I'm just figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. So, Leslie, I think you're you're um, very keen to identify. We don't know a lot about Magnet. Right. And and I think there's a, a piece of that that is um, that that makes it challenging to kind of answer the question, like, is this something I should really get behind? Is this something that, right. you know, in, in the world right now, there's a whole lot of things we could put our attention on. Why Magnet? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there is that as an organization, we value and stand behind our practice of nursing and our nurses to the point where we really would are striving for this national recognition. The very small percentage of hospitals that have magnet designation around the world. And it's it's an effort to get there. It, this yeah. is not this is not work that that is quick or simple and takes a lot of investment. And so this really is an example of, of how invested the medical center is in each and every one of our nurses. It's a representation of the impact that nursing has on our patients and on the organization as a whole. I wanna come back a little bit to the question of kind of why Magnet? Because we only touched on one piece of that patient outcome data. We objectively have high quality patient outcomes. That's a component of Magnet. The other component of Magnet is that we have a satisfied nursing staff. And so that really focuses on, have we created a practice environment that allows folks to flourish here and continually develop, continue lifelong learning and, and match the profession to your life, right? As we travel through the lifespan as a nurse, there are times when, you know what, my my desire is to come to work and to take care of patients. And and that is the the essence of nursing, right? And there's some times in, in our career where we think, I wanna I wanna make some things different. I'm gonna I'm gonna really invest in improving myself, my team, my hospital, uh, maybe my specialty of nursing. 
And the nice part about nursing is that we have the ability to flex inside our profession to have it meet the demands of really the whole the whole life of who we are. Right. Um, we objectively measure nursing engagement, nursing satisfaction. That's part of the way that we'll get to, to the magnet standard. The other way that I look at this though is the quality of work that folks are engaged in. We know that folks who are satisfied and, and happy with the work that they're doing, fulfilled by the work that they're doing, produce higher outcomes right. and, and produce a different patient experience so we've got the objective measure, but this really is something that's threaded through every piece of the work that we're going to present and show off to to the magnet appraisers. The other component here is is patient experience. So we have right. to have uh, certain patient experience metrics that outperform our colleagues. So much like the outcome data, right? You, we have to have more than half of our units, more than half of the time, above the national standard or national average, the um, the mean. And so um, I'm happy to report that we have really strong patient experiences here. We have really great patient satisfaction in the work that we do. And that's really across all settings. That's the other piece. And so I come back to, you know, why would you want to work in a magnet organization? Well, on one hand, the commitment from the organization to have a practice environment and a culture that supports you as a professional, not only doing the best possible work that you can, but also growing in a way that makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really reason number one. Reason number two is exceptional care. We objectively, right. when we reach designation, we will objectively be able to show that we have exceptional patient care. And I want to pull on this thread a little bit because I think the other piece for me is that by being a magnet organization, we are improving the quality of care that's given not only to our patients here at the medical center, not only to patients in our region, but really to patients around the world. Right. And the reason I say that is because the yeah. objective data pieces say that we have to be better than the average, mm -hmm. right? We have to be above some measure of central tendency. And so simply by being above average, we're pulling the average up uh, right? along yeah. with our other colleagues, right? So even if we didn't do anything that was, you know, remarkable, innovative that we would want to share across our specialties around the world, simply by being an organization that has excellence in outcome, we're improving or we're raising the bar for everybody else in the industry. Yeah, that's amazing. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I think we, I think you and I would both agree, you, we feel this, you know, among our colleagues, Correct. like we have that feeling that we're, we're there and we're, you know, moving in that, you know, continuing to move in that direction, whether it be with our like MPG, CARB, all the things that's happened this year. And, and so I think this is just, it's really just kind of a, let's now acknowledge that we are at, we give like this high care, we give this, we are, you know, top of our profession, like we are working to the, you know, as best as we can. And so I think, yeah, I think I, I agree with stuff. I think that there's a level of owning that, believing that, believing that we, we are giving that care, um, having gratitude to the hospital in a lot of ways for believing that we can match or be better than some of the other hospitals in this country, that they believe in us that much. But I also think that there's a piece of it that is, that is about just always wanting to do better and and mm -hmm. being given the opportunity to compare ourselves ab above and beyond yeah. with each other. You know, and I think 
I think that gives you pride in nursing that we're not just trying to skate along, but that we actually have some like active commitment to be to to do and to continue be to be better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of the most exciting pieces of this work is that, like I said before, Magnus not a static de destination. And so we've we've laid the groundwork to be able to have a practice environment where anything is possible. I really honestly, truly believe that that is the case right now. Yes, the the changes we want to bring forward, they've got to be justifiable. They have to be reasonable and they've got to be proven, right? We should be implementing evidence-based practice to achieve the best possible outcomes we can for our patients. But that's not going to stop. Right. That's right. going to just continue. And and we're going to keep asking ourselves, well, interesting. I wonder how we could do this part better or this part better. It's that continual process of staying at top of licensure practice. You know, 8% of hospitals around the world have magnet status. And I think that that is a, a really strong indicator of where we're shooting to, to be. Mm -hmm. And like you guys have said, I think we're there. I think we're there. Yes, do we have a whole lot of what I call new systems? Definitely, yes. Our professional governance structure, in terms of the lifespan of a system, it's new. And we are still figuring out how to stretch within it, how to grow, how it can be evolved to continue to meet our needs. I think our clinical ladder and the staff nurse four role is another great example of this new thing that, that we've created. We redefined what it is to be a staff nurse here. And there's a piece that we've got to live within that mm -hmm. for a minute to see what do we do with it? What can we do with it? Right. What, what maybe do we do with it that we shouldn't <laughs> do with it? You know, it's, and so that's, I come back to, None of this work is static, and it really relies on everybody's recognition that we're doing the best we can today to have these structures and systems in place, and those are going to grow with us along with our practice. So I guess that means that once we reach magnet status, you'll still have a job because... <laughs> Let's hope so. All right, we we finished. <laughs> Move on, Travis. Yeah. You're like, we don't want to get there that quickly. <laughs> That's when they should give you retirement, right? They were like, okay, now you now you're done. Oh, it's like the opposite of everything we just said. Right. right yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm out. yeah. So is there there's a is there a timeline for yeah, this? Yeah. Do you have a sense of when that? What's your timeline? Yeah. Like, do you I have a goal versus what you think is going to happen? <laughs> is that even possible, uh, actually? I don't know. <laughs> this is a great question. So the challenge, there's a little piece of, you mentioned earlier, Leslie, like, it's do we look at the whole span and then say, like, oh, gosh, it's all perfect. Submit. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit of that. So yeah. there, there are some parts, and there are some parts that we don't have control over. So right. what I can say is that we are moving towards um, submitting our initial application of intent in 2022 with a hopeful document submission in early 2023. There are, are specific submission quarters that you can submit your document to in, and the Magnet program has control over which one of those you get assigned to. Um, so that's why I say, you know, a hopeful document submission. We will have a document. It just is, uh, you know, where it fits within the Magnet program. Right. Um, 
do you start that now? Like, I can't imagine. It sounds, I mean, it's like a yeah. thousand page document. Are you like, so I'm going to just gonna start putting things in there right now? Or, page I mean, one. That's not enough. <laughs> You're not going to pull an all- all-nighter for that one. <laughs> no, no. And so we have started writing that document. And that's the work. We have a team of 10 nurses that inclusive of myself that are working to craft that those examples that we're going to put forward. Now, is there anything that you, I mean, as you kind of work towards this, things that nurses might be doing that you might not be aware of, like things that they should reach out to you for, things that, like I had a talk to somebody today who just submitted for their conference, like a poster for their conference, and I was like, you need to tell Travis. <laughs> She's like, well, it's not until October. I was like, no, tell him now. <laughs> like, Definitely. Is there things that, that if people are you listening know and about. you want to know yeah. about? Definitely. So I would love to hear if folks are submitting posters for conferences uh, <laughs> or presenting uh, or submitting things for publication. Those are, are really exceptional pieces of our work that we should celebrate and and would be wonderful to know about it from our magnet perspective, but also from, from the perspective that that really is, um, that's the direction we're moving. And I see that, that work as, you know, this is kind of version 2.0 of our journey is not only how can we do the work here, but how can we share this with others so that they can benefit from the work we've done. That's, I think in nursing, we have a really unique opportunity that our professional organizations allow us the stage to be able to move our work really pretty quickly and pretty easily to our colleagues. With that being said, I do feel like I often will get an idea. So thinking about how do we then go to that next step? So say you've, you've gotten some data and you're like, I have this idea and I really want to publish it. And that to me, that feels very overwhelming as a you know bedside nurse. How can we get that to where nurses feel more comfortable with that process of looking to that next step of publishing? Definitely. Well, and I think that a piece of this is that we have to become comfortable with telling our own story of nursing. Mm-hmm. and really believe that we provide exceptional care. When you stand from that basis, you then share the idea, exactly, exactly, right, then you want to share it. Yeah. So there are some resources inside the organization that can help us with this. And I think this is one of the places, so the folks in the Dana Medical Library, Alice Stokes is, oh, is one of the li- librarians. Yep, definitely, she is phenomenal. And she can help us from kind of the the nuts and bolts of the pro- the process. But the other thing that I would say is this is a place where we might reach into our interprofessional teams. So there there are some nurses here who have published for sure, and yeah. there are some folks who have progressed their degrees and are comfortable with different writing styles. So yeah. might be worthy to do some investigation and see. Okay, so who around me um, has a master's in nursing or a doctorate of nursing practice um, that might be able to to help help me along here. The other thing that I would say is we work with a ton of physicians to publish. And this is a place where we may be able to say, you know, hey, doctor, I'm thinking I want to do this. Would you be willing to mentor me? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's, you know, I don't know that it's it's the um, the end all be all. But I always try to think about, well, who around me has these skills? Who around me has done this? And then how can we all move together to share those skills? I really believe that we have have the knowledge and the skill to do everything that we're needed that's in front of us. It's just whether or not we share it with each other. The other thing I would say is depending on where you'd like to publish, 
the editors of most professional journals are very willing to support and mentor folks that are new in the publication process. And so reaching out to the, the editor of the journal that you'd like to submit to is another opportunity for folks to, to just get a different perspective on what it looks like to get from, you know, project state to finished. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but I think it's all magnet related. Uh, is the Felis Scholar program still in session? Like, is that still a program? I know, I think it was probably on hold last year. Where, where is that? As Because I think that's a great opportunity for nurses who are really learning. I know I went through it. I know some people Colleen, have gone. Colleen, Kelly, human surgeon. Yeah, it's a really great program to for people that are trying to learn that part of it. So like the research part and what that looks like and how to look at information in a uh, critical way. Definitely. I think the Felix Scholars Program is a, is a huge asset to our team and to our organization. And I it is on hold right now, but it is still alive and well. And I believe that the plans are to re-engage with that programming, certainly. It's what a great foundation in evidence-based practice and critical evaluation of literature and, um, and how it really helping us to form the framework to be able to answer these clinical, clinical practice questions. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Definitely. I think one of the other things that I want to circle back to is is the idea of what do we want to know about? So I, I would like to know about everything that, that folks are doing. It's oh, yeah. actually one of the best parts about this work is that I get a window into into this really remarkable work that, that's happening across the medical center. But I want to come back to our task force model and to talk for a minute about why we have this model and and some encouragement for folks to use this for any change work that that we're doing. So the task force model, it is really at the end of the day, it's a mechanism or it's a tool to be able to plan, document, and communicate improvement work. By using the same tool across nursing, we are starting to establish a vernacular around improvement work. Mm -hmm. Both in the way we talk about how we look at identification of a problem, how we get to proposed solutions, and how we monitor the impact, but then also how we share that work in every stage within our team and across the hospital. When we use the task force form and follow the process, that allows us to capture the improvement work that folks are doing. And so we really want to encourage folks, if you're working with your unit-based council, if you're working with an NPG council, if you're working on a task force, if you're doing independent improvement work for your team, for your practice, we want to encourage folks to use that task force model. Our unit-based quality boards on our inpatient units are all built to be able to post those task force forms so that folks can see in one place the objective measures of the work we do, the experience that we're having, the experience our patients are having, and the active work to improve. And then the overall system is really built to be able to capture all the great work. That's one of the biggest challenges we have. We're a pretty big team. Just to know what everyone's doing is, is hard. To track. hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think in the last year, you know, everything went on hold, obviously. And then we've all kind of taken this big deep breath now. We're like, and so let's get back into it. And you can kind of feel that. Like I, I feel that with meetings that I'm going to, talking to other nurses, that we're starting to get back on. We're not in survival mode any longer. Yeah, we're starting so, to be able to grow again. Ideas are coming out of the, you know, like different things that people want to do, improvements. And so I do think we're, we will see 
a renaissance. <laughs> well, right, I agree because I think sometimes when when we're in crisis and we finally get out of crisis, we there's a rebirth in a yeah. lot of ways, and I think that maybe we're going to be in a place that's even greater than where we would have been had these two things not happened. Yeah. At least we, I, I feel like I might need to believe that in some ways. So yes. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I totally believe that. I totally believe that. And at the end of the day, this is what has made us into a magnet organization, right? right? It's this idea that, that we are all committed at an incredibly deep level to the work that we do. Mm -hmm. and the impact we have on patients and that even despite the year that we've had that folks are starting to come to to gather and to put our minds together and to think okay where are we how can we do better yeah and and nurses rock it's true <laughs> change the name of our podcast yeah nurses <laughs> <rock>. okay <laughs> is that okay producer yeah <laughs> totally i support it well this has really been i mean it's been really great for me especially I, well i mean i think yeah in i guess speaking for myself that i was kind of i kind of had an idea what magnet was i needed some elucidation and maybe a little bit of meat to chew on you absolutely gave me that plus i figured out in there somewhere that it was about nursing specifically, <laughs> which is <laughs> excellent. Step one. Step one. No, 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 it's about us. Okay. Yeah, okay. I really like it. I was talking to a nurse manager on one of the floors the other day who said that she really felt prior to the cyber attack that things were just a little bit rocky in the sense that like turbulent on her floor. And she said the cyber attack, without sounding too Cavalier, it was one of the best things that ever happened to the floor because it was almost like an outdoor wilderness experiment for the whole floor of survival mm -hmm. that pulled everybody together. Everybody's strengths were harnessed and the floor did great. And and then coming out of that, everybody was working differently. And so And it goes back to this yeah. that silos. Like you can't be in your own silos and all of these things happen. You have to kind of you have to kind of grow out of those. And so I do feel like in this past year we've learned new processes, we've learned new ways to communicate. There's we have worked we've learned that we work much better as a team than individually. Mm -hmm. And and I do think I think I was trying to sort of highlight that a little bit by talking about the fact that this was in a sense, the hospital giving kudos to nurses and that it's nursing specific. Like that, that to me, it's okay to have a feather in your cap around great nursing. There's I think we should want to work in an organization where leaders want to put this feather in their cap. I right? 100% like, agree with you. I, so what? It's a like, feather that, in the cap for every one of us. Yeah. Right. And that's sort of, that has been actually my response in the past where I, I mean, not that I realized it was nursing specific because I thought it meant doctors and I thought it magnet was like encompassing all of the provider practice. But my response always was, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's an okay feather to want. Like, to, <laughs> right. you know, so I'm kind of not yeah. following, but I, I think, again, that, that COVID and the cyber attack made people realize that it it's really pretty good here. Do you know what I'm saying? And that maybe some of our systems were 100% valid because we went sure. without them for a little bit and it wasn't pretty until we got, you know, I mean, it's like, and then they were definitely. like, oh, yeah, wow, I really miss when <laughs> <laughs> we didn't well, have handwritten labels on the far outlets like drugs <laughs> from pharmacy. Right. <laughs> we didn't have to have hand-delivered paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree that I think change is destabilizing, right? And so for a while now, I mean, if you think about 
really from the time that Kate arrived, we've been changing what it means to be a nurse here, how we practice. We have a, a staff that has like a third of our staff has significant longevity here at mm-hmm. the organization, a lot of lived experience. And so that kind of change that is what I think about, it's shifting the foundation. Mm-hmm. That is destabilizing and troubling to a lot of folks. And I totally understand it should be, right? It's, you know, you have to shift to grow, but it's concerning when the ground that you've stood on in your professional career starts to shift. Oh, for um, sure. I think what's happened, you know, we know, we say it all the time, right? When push comes to shove, we shine. When things mm-hmm. get tough, we are on our game. I think this past year has taken that to the like 10,000th degree. Right. Right. That, I mean, really the bottom dropped out when the cyber attack happened. Right. And we had no, nothing except each other. We could still nurse, though. We were yes. still nursing, yeah. right? Yes. And, and trying yeah. our hardest to get the best possible care. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I think it was, it was slightly <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Not gonna lie. We were like, look. You know, it, it's weird because, you know, you kind of think of these things like, I can't believe we had this and then we had this. But then would we have responded as well as we did if we didn't have the pandemic? You mm. know, like Good it would have been like even greater of a kind of. Yeah, exactly. When it happened, we're all like, well, I guess this is what we're doing. Totally. And my MPG group, the wellness committee, we're talking a lot about resilience. And I think a lot of people have, we brought this up before, but a lot of people are, you know, you think about it, all of these things build our resilience and it builds our ability, as you said, to really be more okay with things as they grow and as they shift. And and so being able to like have this past year and look at that to say we we shifted a lot and we're okay and, and we're still standing and we're, and we're still and we're nursing move, and, and we're yeah, to move yeah, this forward yeah definitely I think it's a it's a remarkable demonstration of of what we're capable of and if I think about my gosh if we can harness that energy when we're not in a crisis <laughs> oh my gosh right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> then we'll. I mean, and that's when I say we can move mountains. That's we know that's what's here. We know that that's what's in, ingrained in our team and our people, and and it's that kind of commitment to the work we do that really has positioned us to be a magnet organization. Yeah, and to really empower because I think we. I was talking about kind of shifting our culture for our RN3s on our floor and how we get them to do more projects, not how we get them to do more projects, but give them time to do more projects, things like that. And 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 so we're talking about that. And I'm like, well, it would be really great if we have like specific amount of time set aside. And that's not really a lot. I was like, well, let's figure out a way to allow that, you know, let's, we have to be an innovative so that we can create these opportunities for people. And how do we be innovative in that? And how do we bring data forward to say this moves us forward by being able to do this because it allows people that wouldn't necessarily have a chance to really focus on projects or whatever that the outcome is being able to feel comfortable in a place where you're saying certainly we people might reject this but let's move it forward and see what we can do with it Mm -hmm. and let's see what we can and what we'll see what we can change and that's not always been the case, I think, in our profession, where we feel that com- 
comfortability or in an organization to say, let's make these changes. It might not work, but it that's might. okay. But and but get... but if we don't try, we're never going to know. Or it might spawn something else. Like that was a that was an okay idea, but here's a better idea. Let's try that. Yeah, okay. yeah. I would agree. And what it makes me think about is that Magnet's not about perfection, right? Magnet's about progress. doing yeah. high quality work and continual progress.